Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Late Night Football uh, Champions League uh, match day six, first first day of uh, two days of action. And the big news, obviously, is uh, RB Leipzig three, Manchester United two. Manchester United going out of the Champions League after a really, 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 uh, really bad performance. Uh, in, in, in the game and I'm smiling but actually I'm not I was pretty upset watching it but uh, I've had a bit of time to digest it a bit of time to try to analyze it a bit of time to read what other people have been saying about the game what other people have been talking about the game um, you know because I just I wanted to see I wanted to see what was going on I wanted to calm down because sometimes in situations like this you tend to be emotional you tend to be heated and, and that and that's great and that's good but sometimes you just need to take a step back and analyze what happened and uh a lot went wrong. I think everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And there's a lot of blame to go around. I think you cannot escape it. There's no excuses for this. I think there was, there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, and I, you know, when I heard the news that Luke Shaw was fit, I was like, he's going to play back five. I mean, all he's going to play back five. I kind of knew it. Um, and that's okay to play back five against Leipzig. I thought that's okay as long as it's, you know, because I thought at one point, I thought he might play Tuan ZB as a third center half. But then I was like, well, Luke Shaw's fit. So he's going to play Luke Shaw. And he's going to play back five. He's going to do it. Uh, even though I would have probably played diamond, um, but you know, but that's fine if you play back five. The issue was in midfield. I think if you're going to play Matic and McDominay, you're basically telling the opposition, guess what? We're playing seven defenders today. Uh, all you want to do is we want you to come come onto us, you know, try and get a goal. Uh, you know, come here, let's let's get a goal. And it doesn't work. And the, and you know, I would have played Matic if you was going to play back five. I would have played McDominay and Van der Beek. I probably would not have played Matic, even though Matic played well today, according to some. I would have played McDominay and Van der Beek just because Van der Beek gives you that creativity, but he also gives you that security uh, in defense that uh, Matic or McDominay. Matic does not give you much in offense, and he's a little bit, doesn't give you that energy. So probably go McDominay and Van der Beek. But uh, Matic and Van der Beek really doesn't matter, but you have to put Donny in that team uh, to start with, because if you're going to play seven defenders, you're basically telling the opposition, guess what? You give away your tactics, pretty much. Um, and uh, I mean, it was the worst possible start. Second minute, they score a goal, and uh, I mean, again, it's 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 baffling how and 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 Now, this is Anilinio, by the way. This is the same guy who last season was made to look like a complete uh, 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 incompetent uh, left back by Manchester United. The same Manchester United team uh, last season, just over a year ago, when they played City, I believe that was uh, at uh, the Etihad. They played at the Etihad, and and Anilinio looked completely out of his depth uh, in that game. And United, you know, made mugs of him. And then this game, he comes here, he scores a goal. Looks like uh, they can Marcus Alonso or someone like that. Uh, you know, like he's like a marauding left wing back scoring goals like uh, Roberto Carlos uh, comes to mind. He's basically looking like that. Uh, completely unmarked on that side. Just cuts in. Van Bissaka, you know, once again, sucked in, tucked in towards that center post for whatever reason and just goes and scores a goal. Uh, and then because one, in not, one uh, warning is not enough, so they do that again. They repeat that again. This time, Angelino crossing it. And uh, Maguire getting beaten for whatever reason. Teles is, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever's going on between those guys. Uh, and then it's a free header for Hadara to score and he gets the goal 2-0 up. And I thought he, and, and, and that's okay. You know, it was a mistake that he made and that's fine. You know, you make mistakes. I think that's where, that's where the blame, you know, that's where, to me, that's where the frustration starts because, you know, everybody makes mistakes and, you know, big games generally become magnified and you make mistakes and that's fine. You know, he had 70 minutes to change it. And, and I, what I would have done, is you, this is not FIFA. This isn't FIFA where you're gonna you know, oh I'll wait to the halftime you know because because it's yeah, there's not much. This is real life. This is real tactics. What you do is you immediately take off. I would have taken off two players. I've taken a Shaw. I would have taken a Matic, right? Or McTominay. 
and depending on who you prefer, I would have taken off Sean Mattis and I would have switched to a four. I would have brought on Donny Van Der Beek. I know people are a little bit upset with him, but I would have brought on Pogba. If he's on the bench, you bring him on. Uh, you uh, Or, you know, bring on Daniel James uh, if you want to. But basically switch it up. You basically want to go, I would have gone 4-3-3. At that point, go to a 4-3-3 diamond and, and play the formation that actually worked for you in the last game and try and make that work because now you need to get goals. So you want to have, you can only have one CDM. You can't really, there's no point having two CDMs because you're already two and down anyway. Uh, so you do that. Uh, or you bring on Daniel James and go to a 4-2-3-1 uh, with James obviously playing as, as a left midfielder and you've got, uh, you know, da- uh, McDominay, Van Der Beek and, and uh, Bruno as your four, as your 1-2-3. So that, you know, those, you need to be proactive. You need to make those changes. If you're going to be, a manager of Manchester United, if you're going to be someone who's going to be taking, you know, you've got to be willing to take risks. And I think basically what happened, I think he was self-shocked a little bit. I think, and I, I do believe, and I will talk about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer a bit, but I just felt like he was a little bit passive today. He was very passive, not a little bit, he was very passive today. And for whatever reason, he just didn't want to change it to that point. He lets it go to the 45th minute, doesn't make changes. I mean, what, what are you, at 2-0, what's going to happen, right? You're not, if, if United had somehow, somehow uh, managed to beat uh, Istanbul, uh, in that game earlier, you know there is there is something to be said there, and that and that is a big problem. But we'll talk about it. But then, if this if there was any reason where it was going to come to head to head, and United had this five goal cushion, so two 0 doesn't matter, you know, then that's fine, right? Um, if they had beaten Istanbul, then losing two 0 would not have mattered because they would have you know gotten through on head to head with with, with Leipzig. But you know, there you go, that didn't happen. So at two 0 down, what's what are you, what are you waiting for? What is what is what is your reasoning? Do not change it when you know it's clearly not working, right? The, the idea was to get a nil-nil, maybe nick a goal here, nick a goal there, or maybe try and keep it to nil-nil up to the 60th, 70th minute, and then try and go on the attack when you're going up against tired limbs. But at two nil down, what you know, what 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 more do you need to make changes, right? And he didn't, and and I think he might have made the small change of Messi changing it to a four-two-three-one with the Teles thing as the left winger, but that doesn't work. Left Teles is a I think a lot of people get carried away with Teles's crossing ability. He's a very good crosser for a left back. Uh, he's probably a decent average crosser for a left winger. A lot of wingers don't cross these days, so his crossing looks a little bit better than it than it actually is because a lot of wingers don't cross. But even with a crosser, the problem is Rashford isn't a good header of the ball. Uh, Greenwood isn't a good header of the ball. Bruno, he's not someone who's going to win headers. He's probably going to get you a free header. He can score. He can rush in late in the box and score goals. But you know, Telus's crosses don't generally lend themselves to that. So you've got three players who can't really, uh, you know, head a ball. So what's the point of playing him as a left wing and expecting him to cross his in when there's nobody who's going to win them? So you know, I it just it was just baffling the way that the, the things were going. But he changed it at the in, at the start of the second half. He takes off Telus. Um, he takes off. Uh, uh, yeah, he took off Telus, I believe, and brought on Donny Van der Beek. Uh, I don't know what that. You know, again, fair enough. You know, if you want to do that, you want to take off Telus. Maybe, maybe in his mind, he thought the game was already lost. But if you really want to attack, attack and win a game, you're leaving Luke Shaw on for whatever reason. Uh, it was just, it was just stupidity. But uh, the game goes on. If you know, and then he takes off Luke Shaw, brings on Brandon Williams uh, because he's, you know, gotten rid of two left backs, so he's got to bring on another left back. Uh, it was just, it was madness all around. And then the third goal, I've got to say, I don't know what Harry Maguire is thinking on that third goal. Uh, you know, basically he decides, oh, I'm going to leave it. De Gea basically says, oh, I don't know what's going on. This lack of communication, you think you could expect that if it was Dean Henderson because those two have not played so much. But with De Gea and Maguire, they've been playing together for what a year and a half now, and they still make mistakes like that. It's just, it is. I mean, you know, you can you can hear the anger in my voice because it was, that goal for me was a real, real, you know, uh, sucker punch because it it just shows 
that it's it's a team that has absolutely no clue what they're doing on the pitch. And and sometimes, and you can blame Oli for the first two goals. I blame him for the first two goals. I blame him for not changing it. But that third goal is is basic defending. And you can probably only blame Oli for the fact that he picks that player. Uh, but you know you can't coach those things. You can't really coach common sense into a player. Um, they get two jammy goals, very lucky goals. I don't think the first one was. I don't think it was a penalty. Uh, it was shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder at best. We see them given at times, uh, but uh, that was not a penalty. Uh, they got lucky with it. Uh, the goal that the second goal that was scored was. I mean, that it 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 was two two fortunate deflections, right? You get one from Pogba onto uh, uh, onto Maguire uh, because Pogba's uh, header is pretty crap actually. It's pretty bad because it's just going on the ground. It's, it's going to be an easy save or a clearance for for Leipzig. So somebody takes Maguire on the head. It still isn't a problem because I think uh, Glashi's got his covered. The goalkeeper's got it covered. Uh, and then, uh, but then ricochets of the hand of a Leipzig defender and then it goes in. So if without that hand, it doesn't go in. So, you know, they got they got two deflections on a jammy uh, goal. Uh, but then after that, it was, and I think it was just one of those things where Leipzig were a little bit sort of, I think at 3-0, they were like, they got a bit overconfident. They thought, we'll just, we'll just run this. We'll just run this thing. We'll try and go and win 4-0, 5-0. We'll try and embarrass them. And then they conceded that penalty because they had pushed too many men forward. Uh, the corner, United hadn't really been threatening on corners anyway. So I think they probably were a little bit uh, you know, lax about it. But at 3-2, I think they realized, no, let's just wake up. It's not, we don't want to give this away. And so then they kind of tightened it up. Uh, and United didn't really create much even after that second goal. Um, and uh, it was just a straightforward, fairly straightforward uh, game to see out for them. So uh, well-deserved win for Leipzig. I think you have to say that. I think Nagelsmann got... Uh, certain things spot on, and uh, it's the advantage. Nagelsmann doesn't change his tactics, right? A good manager never changes his tactics, and you never do change your tactics. And uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer just seems to want to. It it it's, it's almost an existential crisis between what he wants and what the players want, and somehow the it's it looks like a compromised arrangement, and sometimes it it just shows that it's a compromised arrangement. And today was one of those days where he changed it up. Uh, you know, you should obviously very when managers say we're not playing for a draw. And I said this last week. I said if United go into this game playing for a draw, they're going to lose. Because when you play not to win, when you try to play a game not wanting, where, you, where you've decided you don't care about winning, you lose, right? So you don't want to do that. But that's exactly what they did today. They played not not to lose, and they lost. But then they had no intention of winning this game. They had no intention of, they had no intention of winning this game by like actually taking the game to Leipzig. I'm sure you know there was some idea of what they would do with the ball, but they didn't have any intention of wanting to take the game to Leipzig. They were like, we'll just sit back, we'll wait. And, 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 you know, and once you give a goal away in the first two minutes, it completely kills the game plan because the players that don't buy into it, and I'm sure there were players that didn't buy into it, or there were players that might have bought into it and be like, oh, yeah, we've got five defenders, we've got all the security. Suddenly, you don't have it. And, you know, players lose confidence. We've seen that with these players. These players are crap. They are very, very weak mentally, and it, it doesn't work with them. And it happened today. They lost. Um, but, I mean, you know, you've got to talk about it. And I think there's a lot of blame, as I said, to be assigned. I think the biggest blame for this game today has got to go to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think he was pretty bad today. Tactically, naive, incompetent, pathetic, whatever, whatever you want to use. Uh, to play five at the back in this game, fair enough. I'll give him that. Okay, it's a big game. You want to play five. But then you add two defensive midfielders, particularly knowing that, um, you know, the way Leipzig plays, it's complete suicide. It's tactical suicide. And the thing is, Playing a 5-2-3 helped them against Leaps, against PSG. They won against PSG that way. The reason why that worked was, A, in the back five was very, very mobile because you had Shaw and you had Tuan Zibi in that. So there was a very mobile back five, and they can tell us as well. But tell us uh, Lindelof and Van Bissaka played. But because you had Tuan Zibi and Shaw, you had a lot of mobility in that back five, which Lindelof and Maguire just don't give you. So it, it really 
you have to overcompensate every time you've got to overcompensate because of those two that's the issue the second issue is psg are actually a very offensive team but they don't press as much uh, leipzig are an offensive team they press very high up the pitch so if you're playing a back five and a and a two defensive midfielders against psg it's okay because psg are not going to press when they lose the ball they're going to sort of uh, hold back they're going to try and uh, catch you uh, you know so it gives you opportunities to break even uh, even if you're playing with the 523 you've got opportunities to break and any player you know if you if you give any player if you give me 5 seconds i'll pull out a good pass right like i'm pretty bad at football but i'll pull out a good pass if you give me 5 seconds to settle myself and and you know i'm saying i'm using 5 seconds as an example it could be 3 or 4 seconds but if you give me enough time on the ball i can pull out a good pass so you know if you if you're not going to press um if you're going to be offensive and you're not going to press basically what happens is when you lose the ball the opposition has time to you know settle and pick a pass Uh, and even though they might all be camped in they can still break uh, when you are parking the bus which is what united did today and you have a team that is pressing you basically what happens is a you're camped in your own half or even within your own third and the opposition even when they lose the ball they immediately onto you they they're forcing you backwards or they're forcing you to make an error uh, and so you don't have opportunities to get out of your half uh, having said that today that was not that didn't seem like an issue i don't think leipzig's press was much of a problem but the issue was because united was so far because united uh, have such slow defenders they have to they need to have their full backs protecting them so they go narrow and because of them going narrow it leaves a lot of space open for wing backs and if you have offensive wing backs like uh, leipzig do then you get lots of chances to score goals which is basically what happened so tactically it was incompetent um, and like i said 20 minutes you change it right it's not working that's fine you make a mistake it happens you change it you try to change it he didn't he didn't change it he waited till the 45th minute to change something he didn't change the right things um he just let it drift and you know you can't blame anyone and you can't blame anyone for incompetence and i thought today uh, he got it wrong and that's why the title i said is it is a time for all out because this kind of to me is naivety and it's not just naivety this this now issues of favoritism and i've always said this um i put this out on social media i you know it's one thing to to not be to to get things wrong it happens once you start showing favoritism towards certain players and we all guilty of bias we all guilty i'm guilty of bias i don't feel mctominay is as bad as people say he is i'm guilty of that but sometimes you've got to recognize you know what it's not working you've got to change it i've got to change it i've got to try something else i think he is biased towards mctominay um but that's and i and i and i forgive that i overlooked that because i like mctominay i think he does i think he has a job to do and he does it i don't think there's anyone else in the team who can do the job that he can do um so even as a fan i could probably give him a pass for that i know you people i know some people don't want to give him a pass on that and that's totally fine um he's i mean i've said this before the problem with lindelof and maguire is you need to drop one of them but he can't drop either one of them because he can't drop lindelof because lindelof is the better defender and you can't drop maguire because he's the captain because he's got that you know that arm band around his his hand that's a freaking uh, uh, you know what do you call it a jail sentence at the moment uh it almost like yeah it's like a jail sentence for united at the moment um tuan zb is probably you know and that is that is tuan zb is one of the most highly rated defenders i said this at the start when he, after the psg game i said it if tuan zb remains fit if he plays every if he if he becomes a starter for united he will not only be the best defender united he will be england's number one going into the euros that is how good he can be that is how good he has shown himself to be in small patches it is time for him to start getting chances but he's he's waiting in the wings because maguire has a, captain's armband around him and he cannot be dropped so that so you know and that's and that's a big issue and and you can't drop lindelof because lindelof is better than maguire so what kind of message does that send right that's that's it's it's a real it's a real headache to have uh for him and and he, and he's created this problem because he's given maguire the armband and a lot of people will say well he's a captain you know change him as a captain 
it rarely happens. You know, captains never get changed. West Ham, you know, Mark Noble's not a starter, but he's still their captain. So captains rarely ever get changed. You don't normally change captains. Maybe the manager comes in, new managers come in and they change captains. How many times in history have captains been changed uh, while they're playing at the club? Usually they leave the club and then you change the captain. But usually, but generally you don't change captains um, at, at the club. Unless, you know, and, and this is where it's an issue because I think, I think, and again, this is where, again, you have to blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because I feel he's scared. He's scared of certain players. He showed a lot of favoritism towards Pogba when he came in. Even when he was playing really badly, he was kept on defending him. He kept on playing him. It, it, it took Pogba to get injured and it took Pogba to, and his agent to really talk to badmouth United for him to sort of sour on him. Uh, but he's finally seems to be getting out of that Pogba obsession now. Um, you know, but he's, but he's, his favoritism towards uh, Maguire um, which is unrelenting for whatever reason. He has a sort of bias towards Luke Shaw as well for whatever reason. Luke Shaw, I thought, uh, you know, should not have played the full 90 today. Probably shouldn't even have started because you're expecting a player who's been out for a month to come into such a big game and play. Uh, you know, it's it's an unbelievable ask for anybody. And to ask Luke Shaw to do that was just unbelievable. But he's got a favoritism towards Luke Shaw. Um, you know, and there's certain players. And once you start having favorites, what it does is it blinds you from obvious issues. And uh, the other part that, that that is also problematic right now is I, I feel he's scared to drop certain players. I feel he's scared to drop Maguire because, you know, he's already pretty much antagonized Pogba. Um, he's kind of managing that situation. So, you know, Pogba has a bit of sway in that dressing room. Maguire has sway in that dressing room. Uh, you know, there's already, you know, there's all sorts of rumors of cliques uh, in that dressing room. And, and I'm pretty sure uh, there is, there's going to be some sort of tension now between Maguire and uh, Bruno because uh, Bruno looks like he's starting to grow an influence at the club. And, you know, I'm sure Maguire sees him as a threat to his captaincy and his position at the club. And, and I'm sure Bruno privately, maybe he's not told the manager, but I'm sure in his mind he must be thinking, what is this, why is this idiot the captain of Manchester United? Like, what, what qualities does he possess? I mean, he's already, you know, berated Lindelof uh, in public. So, you know, I know Bruno doesn't seem like someone's going to shy away from stuff. And it looks like, I'm pretty sure there's some issues there. But I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is just too afraid of dropping Maguire. He's too afraid of making changes, but they need to happen. But uh, coming back to the players themselves, I thought today Van Bissaka was awful um, and he needs to be dropped. I think he needs to be dropped. The issue is the next game is Manchester City. Um, and, and you know, you've got to kind of question, is he going to keep continuity? Is he going to make changes? I feel like he's going to stick with what's safe. And, and I kind of understand it. I will give it a pass uh, that he'll probably start with Van Bissaka, with Maguire, with Lindelof, because you don't want to make too many changes. Um, but to be honest, changes need to happen. And uh, the problem is, if they go and beat Manchester City, Ollie will be like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's all fine. Like, there's just an off day. Um, but it's not an off day. It's been too many. And so the problem now with the Manchester City, if it was Sheffield United, if it was uh, Sheffield, the game after City is Sheffield. But if the Sheffield game was next, if you, you were playing Fulham, I would have said, bring, make changes, right? Now you've got to change stuff. You've got to bring in players. But the fact that it's Manchester City seems like changes will be not forthcoming. But I don't expect them to win that game. Uh, I know a lot of people like, oh, well, oh, Shosha is under pressure. So, you know, the players are going to transform themselves into uh, Ronaldo and Messi clones and going to do well. I don't think that's going to happen. I think City are going to run this one pretty easily because I think what Oli has shown is that he can spring a surprise here or there, but he can't consistently outsmart managers. And in the league, in cup competitions, in leagues, and in like these kind of two-legged ties, you've got to be able to think on your feet. You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to be able to outsmart people. Um, and I don't think Oli's capable of that. So I think he's probably going to go with the same tactics that he's tried to use um, in the last couple of games. And it's going to cost him against City because City will be too smart for that and they will end up winning that one. But we shall see. We shall see. That's that's still some ways away. Um, I think uh, I think the defense is, has a lot to answer for. And, um, I, you know, they, they, they've got to look, they, they, they've got to look, take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror and really ask themselves, like, is this what they want? 
at the club? Do they do they feel that they've got a future? This because do they feel that they can play this way at the club and get away with it? Because if they do, then they've got serious, serious, serious uh, fans who got serious, serious issues with that. And I, and as a fan, I was disgusted and disappointed to see it. I thought McTominay was pretty bad. I thought Matic was uh, okay. And people say he was okay, but I mean that's on opinion. I know. I thought he was all right, but. At 2-0 down, it's a lot easier game and you've got a little bit of space in front of you in midfield. So you look a little bit better than you actually are. So, um, you know, but fair enough. I don't think Matthews was had a lot to blame. I thought Rashford was awful. Greenwood, um, he had a few good touches and he looked good. But the problem with Greenwood is that inexperience because there was, at 1-0, there was a moment when he had the ball and he could have played Rashford in. Uh, he could have squared it to Rashford and Rashford could have had a nice shot on his right foot. Instead, he takes it with his left foot. I know he's left-footed, but he tries to take it with his left foot. But because for him, the angle is so straight, he was never ever going to uh, go anywhere with it. And so it goes tamely, uh, falls is safe for the goalkeeper. I thought he could have passed it there. Um, there were other moments where, you know, it, the inexperience shows. It shows on Greenwood, it shows on Rashford. You know, the, uh, in big moments, they always seem to, to, to not get it. And it looked, it looked that way today. Um, but, you know, ultimately, uh, uh, Leipzig deserved the win. And that's really all you can say. I think the bigger portion of the blame also has to go to, uh, to Edward Wood. And I think I said this at the start, you know, when the summer window ended, we said it, right? In effect, uh, Oli has been hung out to dry. And had he signed a defender, we wouldn't have these issues. Some of these issues would have been mitigated, right? They didn't sign a defender. Had they signed Sancho, um, you know, today, it would have been better. Kawani was always a gamble. And in the biggest game of United season, which was today, today was United's biggest game of the season so far, where's Kawani? He's injured, right? Ho! Oh, we didn't know, you know, he came to United injured, right? I mean, he's injury prone. Everybody knows this. Yet they signed him because they wanted, because they didn't want to, you know, because they felt that they could um, get away with not signing Sancho and then hurriedly we made a deal. But in the biggest game of the season, he's not there, right? He's out injured. So where's the backup, right? Haaland should have been bought, not bought. You know, that's totally fine, right? Because, uh, you know, Marcel's out as well. Um, you know, so the players that should have been signed and weren't signed, I think, I think not giving Oli the targets that he wanted, uh, I think it was a big, big, um, issue, and it's it's disappointing. I mean, I, I you know I I'm not someone who hates Europa League. I know a lot of people you know to criticize the Europa League or make fun of it. I'm not someone. I've actually always loved the Europa League. Uh, I've said this many times. You can probably look at past videos. You can look at my previous comments as well. I love the Europa League. I like it. Um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful competition to be in. The problem is, you know, United um, they had it in their hand. You know, they all they had to do was beat Istanbul away. That was literally the game that lost it cost in them because had they beaten them, they would have got 12 points, right? Because you've done the hard work of beating PSG away. You've done the hard work of beating Leipzig 5-0. All you had to do was get a, get, get a win against Istanbul, home and away. You've got 12 points, even if you lose to, you know, and then you've got a positive head-to-head. -head. So even if you lose 1-0 to PSG, even if you lose 1-0 or 2-0, today's result would, would have put United through had they beaten uh, Istanbul, they, that would have been enough. They would still have qualified on head-to-head. -head. So literally that one result, and I said at that time, that's a massive, massive three points that they dropped there. Um, and it, it, it came back to bite them. It came back to bite them, and they've got to answer questions for that. Um, I think man management is important. I mean, Juan Zipi, we have played one good game, and since then, what, have you seen him have 45 minutes against Istanbul, where uh, he was taken off for no fault of his, for really no fault of his own, other than the fact that his co-defender, Harry Maguire, is an idiot, um, and an and incompetent uh, defender. Um, who has no idea? Who has no idea how to be defend to be a defender? But most importantly, has no concept of leadership aside from having that armband around his uh, hand, which he kind of thinks, which he thinks of it as some kind of privilege rather than an honor. Um, you know, he doesn't think of it as, as you know, he thinks of it as, as some kind of uh, validation for himself as opposed to you know uh, responsibility. Um, you know, so he was hung out to dry in that game. 
uh, he had played what 10-15 minutes against in the second leg and the second game against Istanbul where he picked up a yellow card so he couldn't play against PSG and he played 10-15 minutes at wide back um, against uh, Leipzig if I'm not mistaken yes so you know that's literally his, he's not even getting a big game time uh, because of Harry Maguire and you know so what's what's the incentive what is the incentive for Harry Maguire I thought you know when the when Tuanzi put in that performance I was like now Tuanzi has got to start he's got to start against because he's shown he can do it. Let him have a run. Let let Maguire and Lindelof feel like there's somebody behind them who can take their position. And what does Oli do? As soon as Maguire is fit, he gets into the team. As soon as Lindelof is fit, he gets into the team. So, so what's the motivation for Twanzibi to get better? What's the what's the incentive for these guys to get better when they know that their place is already set in the team? I mean that you know it's just it is baffling. And and that's and that's where I I, I you know I'm I'm on the fence. Um, about being Oli in or Oli out. I'm not going to say I'm Oli out just yet because I don't want to judge him on a bad result um but if he loses to city i think then again and if playing the same way that he played today if he goes out and loses to city uh then i think questions need to be asked but i, I don't think he'll be sacked if he loses to city but i think if he loses if he loses to city the questions will be there if he loses to sheffield i really think he should he should get his job uh have his job taken away from him uh but uh you know but but a lot of blame lies at woodward's feet because he didn't sign a center half that that you know that was needed um uh, he didn't sign you know the right winger that we needed because if he had a right winger wouldn't have had to play a 5-2-1-2. You know, because imagine having, you know, or even if you had a right, even if you had to play a 5-2-1-2, you could play Sancho instead of Greenwood in that game. And imagine having Greenwood coming off the bench, uh, having a game changer available off the bench uh, when you need it. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's little things like that. Um, but anyway, the United now have to focus on the Europa League. The draw for that will happen. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs. A lot of people are talking about the PSG game. Um, I, I I don't know, but if there was a racist incident, I, I applaud both teams for walking off the field, particularly if it was from an official. I think that's a, that's disgusting, and I think UEFA should take a strict strict action against the official if that was found found to be true. Um, and uh, you know, I I don't think either team deserves if they walk off and if UEFA deducts three points for PSG or for Istanbul, I think that's that's terrible. I think that's terrible. Um, but I would like to see probably both teams being awarded three points. Um, if that's the case, because because you've got to take a stand at some point, and uh, I, I applaud that. So I, I don't think I don't see I don't see PSG. I don't want PSG to be thrown out. I mean, in any case, even if they do get three points, uh, PSG will still qualify because of a better better head to head with uh, Manchester United. So they will still qualify uh, without any issues. But uh, I would I don't want to see teams being deducted points because of uh, of these kind of issues. So if the game is is cancelled, it's called off. Give both teams three points for taking a stand. I think that that that, that would be my solution. But I know that's not how, how life works. Um, but you know, but 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 those are things, right? I mean, I mean, that's just uh, the, the it's just sad to see that it still happens in 2020, happening from people that are supposed to be safeguarding the game. Uh, it's just it is just very very sad to see. But anyway, uh, big news uh, is of course Manchester United crashing out of the Champions League. Um, we've got uh, some big games tomorrow. Real Madrid could be next in line uh, to to be going out, but that that will be a very very interesting game. Uh, Real Madrid against Mönchengladbach. Um, and uh, like I said, I posted this as well. Um, imagine United and Real Madrid both playing Europa League uh, football uh, next next in, in February. Uh, how about that? But I don't think it'll happen. I think I, exp- I expect a lot of the 50-50 decisions will go Real Madrid's way because I think UEFA are going to try to do whatever they can to safeguard the competition because if you, if you lose Real Madrid and you lose Manchester United, um, you've already, and you possibly Atletico Madrid as well could be going out. And Inter Milan could be going out as well. Uh, imagine that, right? I mean, imagine the Inter Milan, of course, not Inter Milan and Real Madrid both won't go into Europa League. Only one of them can go into the Europa League. The other one will be going home. 
But imagine a, a Champions League knockout status that doesn't have those teams. And I know a lot of people are going like, oh, you know, look at the European Super League, how, uh, you know, the European Super League idea is, is so stupid now, it looks so stupid now with all of these. No, it actually strengthens it. It actually, these kind of results actually strengthen the case for a European Super League in the minds of the clubs because they don't want to be playing in Europa League. They don't want, uh, you know, to have this, these issues. That's why they want the European Super League. So their positions are always safeguarded. It's because they want these big games. For them, monetary, they, for them, it's about money. It's not about merit. It's about money. So for these guys, it's, you know, if, if, if it guarantees them spots against, uh, you know, in these big competitions against big clubs, they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, they, they would be saying, you know what, this is why we need a European Super League, because we want Real Madrid to be playing in the knockout stages. We want Manchester United to be playing in the knockout stages. We don't need Shakhtar and uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach playing there, uh, you know, taking spots away. No, no, we don't want Leipzig. Uh, Leipzig, well, kind of uh, getting there to a big club, but we don't want Leipzig there instead of Manchester United. Um, so, you know, so those are things uh, to be considered. But anyway, those are conversations for another day. Obviously, uh, we're kind of getting a bit off track here. But uh, final score, uh, Leipzig 3. Very well-deserved uh, win uh, over Manchester United, who finished with two goals, 3-2. Uh, and uh, United uh, Thursday night football will be back from February. Uh, well, actually, it'll be back next week because we're going to play on Thursday. But uh, that's good warm-up. Uh, next Thursday is a good foreshadowing and warm-up for what's to come for Manchester United in the new year in 2021. We'll be playing in the Europa League. Uh, but and I'm smiling, but I'm not just smiling on the inside, but I'm smiling on the outside. But... Uh, um, yeah, it's sad to see. It is sad. It is a sad, sad day uh, for Manchester United. But um, well, congratulations to Leipzig and Leipzig fans. I hope uh, you do well in the competition. Hope you can go deep. You went to the semi-finals last season, so hopefully they can go deep uh, next season as well for United. I mean, uh, it's it's time for some harsh looks inwards. But the problem is, I don't see it happening. Nothing changes, and um, we'll know more. We'll know more uh, at this time. I think next Sunday. I think will be key to see what 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 has changed over the next three games. So three games by then, hopefully things change, and hopefully the manager realizes that he can't rely on this couple of couple players because uh, they because they suck. Uh, but anyway, uh, that we'll talk more about that later. But enjoy the rest of your evening or morning. Uh, I know it's a bit of a tough uh, thing to do, but uh, no matter whatever time you're watching this, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Take care. Bye bye.